Welcome to the Currency.News Energy Matters podcast, powered by Pinergy. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters, a podcast series brought to you by The Currency and powered by Pinergy. My name is Ian Kyo, and over the course of this series, we're investigating the Irish energy sector, how we've reached the point we are in, what decisions we made in the past that got us here, but we'll also look at what needs to be done now and what the future holds. In this episode, we're focusing on the future of transport. To do this, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Derek Riley, the general manager of Nevo.ie, Ireland's only dedicated EV website, and also by David O'Reilly, the chief commercial officer at Zeus Scooters, the Irish micro-mobility sharing company that's operational in close to 50 cities. But not Dublin and not any cities in Ireland, and we'll explain why a little later on. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome. Hi, Ian, how are you? Good. I just want to start with perceptions, uh, Derek, because when we talk about electric vehicles and the future of transport and what that holds, we automatically go back to electric cars. We automatically think of, you know, those PowerPoints all around the city or at petrol stations. But it's far more than that. Yeah, it's it's electric cars, it's electric vans, it's buses, it's trucks, it's micro-mobility. When I consider electric vehicles or EVs, it's something that has the powered or been assisted by electricity. So similar to David's Zeus scooters, I think that, you know, it's it's all-encompassing. And where are we in Ireland in terms of this? Are we ahead of the game? Are we behind... Great question. Um, originally, with the charging infrastructure, we were ahead of the game. ESB put out a really comprehensive charging network back in the 2010s, 15s, but we've fallen behind in the charging aspect. And we're about 15% market share of all new vehicles now are electric, with another 6 or 7% of plug-in hybrids. So nearly one, one in five cars sold in Ireland today are going to be with a plug on it or can be powered by electricity. David, I'm going to talk about your company's business model later on in this podcast, but I just mentioned there at the start, we're talking about policy in Ireland. I think it's important to deal with this right now. Um, You're operational in close to 50 cities. Why aren't you operational here? Well, we launched the company in 2019, and we looked at the market. Unfortunately, the legislation was going through in 2019, and to this date, we're not actually expecting to see it until 2023 or 2024. Um, the government has given a number of reasons for that, uh, primarily, I think, with COVID. Uh, it has been a, a great excuse for, for a lot of legislation not getting making its way through. So we looked very closely at the market in 2019. And, you know, we, we couldn't wait for the government to, to catch up with us. So we decided that we would uh, launch in Germany. We looked very closely at a lot of different countries. And we looked at Germany as our prime location. The, the reason for that... Uh, 2019, in June 2019, Germany passed legislation for micromobility for electric scooters. And uh, the timing just fitted very nicely with what, what our own ambitions were. So, so you're still waiting, but I, you know, you walk around Dublin, you walk down the canals on either side of the city, and there's a constant zoom of electric scooters going past you. There is, and it's it's incredible. You can see them on the, on the cycle lanes there that they're designed for. Uh, the cycle lanes are designed for, but the scooters are not. Um, no, uh, uh, it, those scooters are all actually illegally being driven. Uh, it's not illegal to buy a scooter, um, but it's illegal to ride a scooter in public uh, pathways. So that's the kind of a nuance in the law here for, for whatever reason. Derek, I just, I just want to turn to you. You gave some stats around that. How do our numbers compare internationally? And 
I want to talk then to both of you about the tools that we can do to increase that number. Yeah, we're not bad. We're about six to 12 months behind the United Kingdom, which would be obviously a similar market with regards to right-hand drive. So we're limited by that as well. We can't have all the nice left-hand drive markets and the second-hand cars from there. So new purchases of electric and plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, we're there, thereabouts. We're not far behind. We're not exactly Norway, which are up at nearly 90%, but we're not lagging behind with some of the other countries within Europe that haven't got the incentives that we have here in Ireland, and the incentives are definitely helping. And, and just take us through those incentives for people. So, so there's a VRT relief with regards to a, so a vehicle registration tax, and then there's the SEAI, Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland grant as well. So combined, they're about €10,000 off the whole price of an electric vehicle. Now, what we see on Nevo.ie is people will see that price that we're quoting for any new electric vehicle that they can use on our comparison site but then they ask does that include the rebates and the government subsidies and marketeers and um, manufacturers always list the price with the government grants removed you're not taking another five or ten thousand off that so the price you see is usually the price that you pay. Okay uh David, just about mindset, I want to ask you about that, about shifting people's mindset and moving them to it. From your experience of operating in the shared services sector and the shared mobility sector in other countries, uh, how do we go about shifting mindset? Is it true pure economic incentives uh, or by grants and so on? Or is it to try and highlight the sustainable, sustainability agenda? Or is it just because people want to move themselves? I think people want to move themselves. The big thing that we find, um, we, we talk about the first mile and the last mile in micromobility. And you know, a typical trip on, a, on an electric scooter at the moment is about 13 or 14 minutes. So where we would see the shift is that people might be using some other form of transport. They might be using the train or the bus or possibly even their own car coming into a city. The idea is then to get to a sort of park and ride yeah. Uh, assembly point and then take the last element of their journey that last 13 or 14 minutes on, on an electric scooter which they can go down very very quickly be in their office in sort of 10 minutes from the train station and, and you, when you reference there you know the first mile and the last mile it's basically get you to a park and ride or you're at a park and ride and you get off and you rent a scooter and get there so it's, it's not long form distance it, no it, it, it isn't you know because they're they're um, they're kind of designed for that sort of 15 minute maximum journey. You will, you will get people, we do see a lot of people recreationally uh, using them in Germany and in other countries that we operate in. But uh, it is really aimed at that, that, short, that yeah. short journey at the end of it. And, and they can, uh, just so as you're aware, like we, we, we work with the transport companies in Germany. One in particular is VRN. And um, our uh, app can be integrated into their own app. So people, as they come in on the train, can actually book and reserve a scooter and have it ready for them at the train station when they arrive. Okay, I want to take, I don't have an electric car. I drive an old car. I very rarely drive it. I live in the city. So I'm going to run through sort of a checklist of things that might sound stupid, but I think are in a lot of people's head. What would I be afraid about about an electric vehicle? Number one, I've nowhere to charge it. Yeah. How are we on that? Not great. If you haven't got any off-street parking, you definitely need to consider it. It can be done. I have friends and, and colleagues and people that I know through the EV owners clubs that are living in an apartment or with off-street parking that 
use the public charger network. But you're at the mercy of the price of that network. So the ability to charge off street is highly recommended. Uh, how local authorities and councils and around the country are going to change that and, and uh, help assist that is with the likes of fast charging hubs where they'll be centrally located in certain areas and there'll be multiple units. So you might have six, eight, ten bays. So do you know that I can go for 45 minutes, top up my car and that'll do me for the week. And how long will it take before we get, I think, what is it, the, the, what they're called, the DC charging, fast charging? How long will we see those? Is there a plan to roll them out? Yeah, they're there at the moment. So you have got someone, St. John Rogers is a key and they're always busy. But, but I think the fact you can name one, <laughs> you can name that one place, but the length and breadth yeah, of the country. We're definitely lacking in certain pinch points as well and bank holiday weekends. These are starting to get used more and more, but you'll turn around and you'll see the likes of a Tesla supercharging hub and they'll be empty. So by purchasing a vehicle like a Tesla, you're guaranteeing yourself that these hubs are part of that purchase price. Okay. Misconception or real conception number two, it's really expensive. Uh, it's the initial cost of purchase is more expensive than a traditional combustion engine vehicle, but the total cost of ownership. So less servicing fees, less to run. Uh, after about a couple of years, the carbon footprint of the production of that battery electric vehicle. So big misconception, but you crunch the numbers and it's hard to lie. Okay, misconception or real conception. Uh, perception number three, which is I'm going to just run out halfway when I want to go down home to Wexford or go off down to Limerick or something and I won't, I'll be end up at Barack Obama Plaza for like four hours trying to charge the car. It's interesting, with an electric vehicle, it gives you percentage of battery left, but also how many kilometres you've got left. So you become hyper aware as to what your range is. You'll charge up before you go, you'll plan your route. Very rarely you'll see people with electric vehicles running out, whereas with the needle from a combustion engine vehicle like the one you have in, you're kind of guessing as to what the range is and you're playing sometimes that uh, fuel light roulette. A lot more people run out of fuel, liquid fuel, than people with electric. Okay. I, I can maybe just add in some real life experience there for that because... My wife is on her second electric car. So we started off with the Volkswagen Golf. Uh, it had about 218 kilometres, I think, maximum. And that range anxiety that Derek is talking about was there every day. Uh, she couldn't really, even taking kids to school or whatever, you had to be sure that you plugged it in every evening. She just recently changed then to the Kia EV6. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to advertise cars here on the radio or on the show, but um, but the the, Kiwi, the EV6 is doing about 534 kilometres. When you look at the battery in the morning, we were in uh, Galway this weekend, easily over to Galway and back home again, and, and no range anxiety whatsoever. So they, it has changed immensely, I think, in that sort of three short years that we have had it. It is, it is fascinating how quickly it's changed because, you know, I'm, literally the biggest thing would stop me from doing it is that, is just having to, to wait somewhere. But it just shows how, how fast-paced the technology is coming along. Yeah. Uh, just in relation to, I want to talk about shared cars, shared electric vehicles for a moment. Um, I think we see a little bit of it coming around the, the streets of Dublin and some other cities where you see go-cars and some other things. Um, Compared, you're obviously at the, the centre of it in lots of other places. How do we compare? Um, we probably compare pretty well. The, the micro cars haven't really taken off in mainland Europe that we have seen. And we were in um, San Francisco there just the week before last at a Micromobility America um, show. And the, the micro cars are coming in. They're coming into people's perceptions and to their minds, but they're not being seen on the streets just yet. And I think it's because that infrastructure, as Derek has, has mentioned, is not there for them. 
The electric scooter is slightly different. We work on a, with a swappable battery. So the scooter stays in place. We travel around the town and we swap the batteries inside the scooters. So that makes it an awful lot more uh, simpler and easier to, to kind of run your operations from that perspective. Well, well, that solves the scooter issue and it's a, a clean, nimble way of doing it. But what can we do to increase the infrastructure? And I'm talking, you know, you can go to shopping centres. You don't see it. You don't see it at golf clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the sort of places where you're parking your car for a couple of hours yeah. that are ideal. I mean, is should it be up to government to put the charges in? Should it be up to, you know, industry? Should it be up to the, the, the various owners of the properties and the amenities themselves? Uh, and what is government view on this? Government review is hands off. They're not in the fuel selling business. So what we're finding even on Nevo.ie, we have that charging element to our business. So we're talking to golf clubs, we're talking to hotels. So that destination charging, slightly different where it will be slower AC charge overnight or you're playing around the golf. It depends how good you are. It could be four, it could be six hours playing golf. After this podcast, I'm going across the road to an office block that's been refurbished. They're putting in charges for their staff. So you're definitely starting to see that shift where owners of uh, buildings are thinking about, okay, what's my USP here? If there's a shopping centre down the road, let's be the shopping centre that offers free EV charging or subsidised EV charging or golf clubs or even in the the war on talent to hire people. People are now asking, do you offer EV charging in the office, in the workplace? How long is it going to take? And it's just back to the point I was was making a moment. How long is it going to be able to take before I get a car? If you're talking about the pace of change being so quick before I can get in my car and drive around the wild Atlantic way and not have to worry about what you describe as anxiety range? I, I think actually you can you can nearly do that at the moment. Um, you may not get back, but you can, you can definitely get around it, you know. So like, just just on, on Derek's point there, on, on say, say from the city's perspective, like we're, we're commercial in our sharing. So it's a commercial industry for us. This is a business. So you know, if the city councils were prepared to allow us to, to put the infrastructure in, that's something that we could do that the customer ultimately would end up paying for it. But we would be happy to put it an, an infrastructure into a city that would allow a cars to get charged. It wouldn't cost the city any money, um, but ultimately that, that cost has to come through somewhere. You know? And I think, Ian, you were saying about it, could I drive the Wild Atlantic Way? You sounded kind of like my brother. Now, I have four younger brothers and none of them drive electric vehicles at the moment. One of my brothers wants an electric vehicle that'll go a thousand kilometres. Now, I don't know what type of bladder he has, number one. Number two, he has to sleep somewhere. He's not going to drive a straight thousand hours. So it's, it's, it's what we call ABC. You'll always be charging. So when you're eating your lunch on a motorway journey, you're pulled in, you're charging, and it's only a small bit, or you're going shopping, or you're staying in a hotel or B&B, and it's, where can I charge my vehicle, be that? Yeah, but that comes back to the infrastructure. Correct. And what I don't get, uh, and excuse me for asking it, but what I don't get is if the government are pushing through tax incentives uh, and also through punitive taxes on, on, on you know gas cars mm-hmm. uh, and petrol and diesel cars, why aren't they putting in place the infrastructure to facilitate this? I think they're looking for, as I said, they're not looking to become a fuel network. So they have subsidised ESBE cars, but we're looking at the likes of EasyGo and others coming into the marketplace. Ionity are here as well. What we found in the United Kingdom is they've taken away the subsidies from the electric vehicles and now they're putting that into subsidising the rollout of the charging network. So I'd say the Irish government are starting to pivot towards that as well, incentivising venues. There was a, a grant announced a couple of weeks ago where sporting venues, so rugby clubs, GA clubs, etc., they would get a grant to put in some EV chargers so when there's a match on or there's training on people can utilise that as well and if there's public access out and about during the week people can see on their map on the app where there are chargers located Yeah, I want to play devil's advocate for a moment I was I was chatting to a colleague of mine I said give me a couple of hard questions uh, that, that might 
not trip them up, but at least raise questions, legitimate questions about the future of transport, the type of cities that we want to have and what we want them to look like and feel like for people who live in them and towns. Uh, question number one, given the congested roads and long commutes, are electric cars and electric vehicles just a red herring? Well, maybe just on the question of uh, congestion, I was just checking a few statistics there before I came in. But uh, Tom, Tom, the the SatNav guys, do a, a very nice report, and they did it in twenty twenty the last time. Uh, and Ireland was seventeen, number seventeen in all the cities that they surveyed for congestion, and it's forty eight percent more time to take a journey in Dublin than what it should be, uh, according to Tom, Tom, and their their estimates of the the journey time. So, kind of electric cars, I think it's the sharing element of the electric cars that can make that difference. And how would that work in real terms? Well, how would it work? When we launched in 2019, we actually spoke to quite a lot of corporates actually in Dublin. And one of the, one of the features that we, we spoke to them about was that we would place banks of scooters outside their doors. So when guys are going for a meeting, and I always kind of say, you know, you know Bank of Ireland, say, on Bank Street, which is right beside us here. If we had 10 scooters outside the doors, the guys can come out with their satchel, jump an electric scooter, head down to College Green, into Grafton Street, onto Connell Street, and, and uh, go to their meeting, come back out, the electric scooter's there, and come back up again. So there, that's, that's one sort of 20, 30-minute journey that won't, doesn't involve a car. Multiply that across all the offices, all the legal practices, everything that's in, in Dublin at this moment in time. That, that, that takes a huge amount of cars off the roads. Now, in terms of percentage, we couldn't give you a figure, but it'll be quite substantial. Yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely with those likes of those mobility hubs that David was talking about earlier. I was recently at an event in Sandyford Business District and they had a mobility hub in one of their car parks. And so you had to park there to attend the event and they had an electric bus powered by Microsoft who used this to sh- shuttle their staff around the place. They had e-scooters, they had e-bikes. And people were like, oh my God, I've never been on a scooter before. I've never been on an e-bike before. Sometimes when I talk about this on social media, people go, oh, it rains too much in Ireland. It rains more in Amsterdam. And just go over there any day of the week and you'll see scooters, you'll see bikes, you'll see e-bikes. For some reason in Ireland, we think we're made from sugar and we will dissolve in the rain, but that is not the case. Now, what about, okay, we were talking about we haven't passed the legislation on e-scooters yet. Uh, where do e-bikes fit into this? Yeah, there's legislation coming down as well. So they should be what's called a pedelec, which means but you have to pedal for it to assist you rather than a throttle on the handlebar. So if you see somebody going along an e-bike and they're not moving their pedals, technically that's an electric motorcycle and that's not legal. Also, there are more powerful e-bikes over 25 kilometer an hour assistance. And there are talks of them being legislation with regards to maybe having a license, having to wear a helmet, in Germany, I know there's license plates on these e-bikes and e-scooters. So again, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here in Ireland. There are best practices around Europe. Uh, and what we talked about that with e-bikes, e-scooters, electric vehicles, electric cars. What are the innovations that are coming into the industry going forward? Because it seems to be constantly evolving and constantly innovating. It, 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 in terms of the e-scooters, a hundred percent. Yeah, they they started off with very light, uh, small wheels, very simple devices maybe lasted six, eight weeks, I think, when the big American companies first launched them in, in the cities in, in the US and in Europe. Now we have uh, machines that probably last about three years. There's a lot of technology involved in it. They have cameras uh, can be fitted to them. We have uh, another product within our own um, portfolio, which we're just developing with the, along with the German government and with Siemens. It's a product called Littries. What Littries is, is, is basically a solar charging station uh, it'll be about three metres square, can charge up to maybe 16 to 20 scooters. And we'll put these, that will be 
uh, doesn't need any city infrastructure. So we'll put these around different areas around the city. It'll be become, they'll become parking bays for the scooters, and it's absolutely renewable energy. So this is one of the big things that we're pushing very hard in, in Germany, and we have our trial. We have three on trial in uh, in Würzburg and Regensburg in Germany at the moment. Lots of yeah electric vehicle innovations. We've got wireless charging, so you can pull your car up and it just wireless charging. It's built into the street, so taxis, buses that are stopping at a regular cadence. You can infrastructure. You can build the infrastructure around that. We've got the likes of swappable battery packs, so you can pull into a car battery swapping station, and it will give you from an empty battery, swap it around to a full battery. Six minutes in. I'm hoping that we're going to try and uh, wow. convince you there. We don't want you to buy a car, get a scooter, and, and use car sharing. But there's lots of technology around there. The solutions are out there, and as, as David's saying, every month, every year, there's more and more coming. Great. I just want to talk to you both individually now about your your businesses because it's great to be surrounded by a number of entrepreneurs. Uh, David, I'll start with yourself. Uh, obviously, you set up with the intention of coming to Ireland, of doing it in Ireland. It's an Irish company. It's international. You might just tell us about your business model and the and your expansion plan. It's a great story. Yeah, well, we, we discovered very, very quickly and a, um, a colleague actually said to us, you know, we, we've been born global. Uh, we Although we set up in Ireland, we, we launched immediately in Heidelberg, actually in Germany. So we're now in seven countries. We're on two continents. We, we launched in Malaysia just towards the end of last year. Um, we have about 30 cities in Germany altogether. So the model, are, we, we've kind of approached it slightly differently from a lot of the um, the, the sort of the first-to-market type guys. We, uh, big difference in our scooter is that it's got three wheels. So we have two wheels at the front, one wheel at the back. And it, we attract a much uh, broader demographic in terms of the customer base. We get a lot of more female riders and we tend to get an older demographic um, and we keep away from the sort of the younger... You're not wobbling uh, around. Exactly. I, I, I see it from my, my own children mm. migrated from the three-wheel normal scooters to the two-wheel scooters. It was it went from safety to carnage for them. A hundred percent. And I, I, I walked along Dunleary Pier last weekend with my wife and we were laughing because there were so many of these little three-wheel razor scooters, I think they're called, that were just coming past us. It was incredible. So, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Why reinvent the scooter? So we have... Um, we, we have uh, now up to 7,000 of these uh, that we've purchased. We have 5,000 in operation at the moment. We'll have 7,000 by the end of this month. And um, the amount of feedback that we get just on the stability and the safety of the three-wheel scooter is, is incredible, to, to the point that we actually, we don't, on touch wood, but we haven't got any cases. We have no accidents. We don't have any big... Uh, but where do, and do people pay? Them, pay is, is it like the Dublin bike scheme where you put your credit card in or how that's the model? That, that's exactly it. They download the app, um, Zoo Scooters, and uh, typically it's one euro to start the ride. And in Germany, it's typically 23 cents per minute that they use it but they, we do we do packages we do daily and monthly packages to make it affordable for people um, so where, where are you hoping to bring the business to next uh, well we're we'll bring we're, it home but somewhere yeah, else well it would be lovely to launch in Dublin and it would be lovely to have an Irish company uh, be in Dublin in Galway Limerick and, and Cork would be our four obviously the four biggest cities um, but it would be great to see an Irish company here there's a lot of talk there's a, I think this moment in time there's 30 something companies have announced that they're going to be launching in Dublin but I can't really see that being the reality of it um, no our, our journey is is very much we're expanding in Germany uh, we're looking at other countries in Europe we've been invited to go to Switzerland to launch there um, we're, we're looking further afield and we're, we're always going to be looking uh, looking west very good 
Derek, Neville.ie, it's, it's, it's a relatively recent addition to the media landscape in Ireland. You've been knocking around the EV market for a while. Before that, what, what's the, what's, what was the brainchild here? Yeah, I set up the YouTube channel EV Review Ireland a couple of years ago and, and uh, just reviewing all different types of electric vehicles. And when Connor and Shane, the founders of, of Nevo, said we're looking for a general manager, I said, OK, uh, let's jump in there. And uh, there wasn't there isn't a, a single dedicated website where you can go and see, OK, what are all the electric vehicles that are available in Ireland today? What are their prices? How can I compare the boot sizes? What can tow? Um, so we launched with cars initially. We just launched with vans then a couple of weeks ago, commercial vehicles. So businesses that want to green their fleet or reduce their carbon emissions. We're about to launch a feature where we're going to list all the used uh, electric vehicles in the Irish market because some people are conscious to, to the cost of a brand new electric vehicle. So looking at the older electric vehicles. So it's an educations portal. It's a comparison tool. We also have the charging element to it. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop for everything electric. We're looking at getting into the e-mobility space so e-bikes etc etc so uh, a lot of people are coming to it just as an education piece today they may not be purchasing or leasing an electric vehicle today or tomorrow but it might be next year but they're interested to know that there's over 60 fully electric cars in the Irish market at the moment so uh, if you ask somebody that they probably wouldn't know Brilliant. final quick question to you both we were sitting here in five years time and given the rate and the pace of change what are the topics you think we'd be discussing at that point I think one of them will be autonomous vehicles and uh, we've already seen this with the scooters there's a company called tortoise so they've actually developed a way that the scooters can park themselves and where that can come in fairly well in in europe is mostly a free floating model but if you can leave it outside go back to the bank of ireland leave it parked outside the bank of ireland and it takes itself off to a parking bay where it can wirelessly charge through our lit tree or through a solar charging station that's that would be quite a, a nice thing to be looking at in five years for me. <laughs> I think David's point about micro cars as well and mobility as a service, the ability to jump into an app and rent a car. I don't think we need to own a car at all. We definitely don't need more cars on the road. It's increasing our public transport, that connectivity between shared micro mobility, hubs, etc., etc. A bit of joined up thinking. And again, there are cities and countries around the world that are doing this. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Well, Derek O'Reilly, General Manager of Nevo.ie, David O'Reilly, Chief Commercial Officer at Two Scooters. I wish both of your businesses the very best going forward. I look forward to chatting to you again. And thank you very much for joining me here on Energy Matters, a podcast brought to you by The Currency and powered by Pinergy. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. You've been listening to The Currency.News Energy Matters podcast, powered by Pinergy.